Hello and welcome to Burning Questions. My name is Mbali Maisela and I welcome you to the first episode of Burning Questions. Today I have amazing guests with me, Herman and Peggy Mashabo. Welcome guys. Hi Mbali. Hi Herman. Thanks for having me on. Hi Sam. It's, uh, it's good to be here. <laughs> it's good to be I, here. I don't know if I'm allowed to call you fam. I'll, 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 I'll just oh. call you Yeah, you, you are. Um, guys, my name is Mbali. My middle name is fam. <laughs> And so, guys, today I got a question from a student. Um, we'll call him Anonymous. But now I'm giving it away that it's a him. But his name is Anonymous. And the question reads, Hi, Mbali. I am a student at Stellenbosch University. In my sociology class, my lecturer said that white people are more likely to succeed economically due to their skin color, even if a black person has better education or merit. Is this true? Beg you. Is this true? Uh, the simple answer there in Bali is no. Uh, people who find themselves to be better economically standing, uh, more employed, are those that are more skilled and more educated. And we mm -hmm. do see this with the white population, and we also do see this with the black population, as well as other racial groups in this country. However, mm -hmm. a bulk of the cabinet, a bulk of the ruling government, thinks that it is true in the sense that it what determines a person's economic standing in today's uh, standard is according to the race. And that's why we have uh, policies such as that of BE. And I think mm. a good starting point to explain BE is to look at where it essentially comes from and its intended objectives. And I'll try mm. to explain this by using an example used by a comedian, whom in my standards, I don't think he is a comedian now, <laughs> and that is Trevor Noah. <laughs> the explanation goes as follows, is that South Africa, particularly black South Africans in 1994, mm -hmm. uh, when the country was liberated from the evils of the apartheid system, which if I were to uh, summarize, quickly summarize what the apartheid system was, it was essentially the centralization of power by the Nats. In other words, socialism, the very opposite of what free markets and liberalized markets ought to be. Uh, reading recommendation for this is uh, South Africa's Fight Against Capitalism by Walter E. Williams, uh, which uh, has great detail on this. Mm -hmm. And it's South Africans, particularly black South Africans in 1994, metaphorically speaking, had their legs chopped off, according to this explanation, compared to the white population. White population had legs and could walk about their daily lives, whereas the black population had no legs to stand on in terms of education levels and skills levels. And that's why we're seeing uh, BE in the sense that if it was thought that if nothing were to be done, then the black population would stagnate and essentially not go anywhere. Now, the problem with BE is that it, it intends to help uh, the disadvantaged individuals, but then in order for you to uh, be classified as an economically disadvantaged individual, you need to prove that you're black. And there's a huge problem with that in the sense that Patrice Mutsipa's son, who is very considerably wealthy due to the fact that his father's a wealthy individual, compared to the beggar on the street who happens to be black, both are black, would both be classified as economically disadvantaged. Whereas we can both see that one okay. is considerably more wealthier compared to the other. And that's yeah. a problem that we find with uh, empowerment policies such as BE is that we have an extremely wealthy individuals classified as economically disadvantaged, uh, benefiting yeah. a lot from policies such as BE in terms of government contracts as well as in terms of business. Whereas the great majority of South Africans, black South Africans and other racial groups as well, who are poor, uh, don't benefit from BE. 
And that's mm. where we find ourselves in today with such low employment rates and high unemployment rates in the country. Mm. Okay, that is very, very insightful, Becky. Thank you for that. Um, let me come to you, Herman. Um, let me say I'm the student here, and I'd like to obviously debate with my lecturer and um, obviously stating facts and making sure that my argument is valid. How do I go about doing that? Or how does Mr. Anonymous go about doing that? Did you just assume his gender? Um, I think, <laughs> I think the first thing is that you need to have the facts. Um, that's always a starting point with, with, with any discussion or any debate or any difference of opinion. And the interesting thing is when you try to convince someone of something, we naturally know when we've got the facts or when we don't have the facts. And it's a very natural thing to try and convince people. If Becky and I are going for lunch and he wants to go to McDonald's and I want to go to Steers, there's going to be a mini little debate where I'm going to try and convince him that we should go to Steers rather than McDonald's. But for me to be convincing in that, I must be able to say, you know, Becky, I've tasted McDonald's food. I've tasted Steers food. McDonald's have patties this thin and Steers have patties this thick. McDonald's have these shoestring fries that are, you know, hardly biodegradable, where Steers has these big lacquer chunks of potatoes. I need yeah. the facts, even in a small debate like that. So when it comes to the facts, what Becky just said is crucial. When we look across the world at advantage and disadvantage in terms of rich and poor, we see that it's the skills of the people that in the vast majority of cases determine whether they are disadvantaged or advantaged. A very good example of this is actually in the United Kingdom, in England and Great Britain, where you have black people from across what used to be the British Empire, but is these days known as the Commonwealth. You've got people uh, from Nigeria, Uganda, Ghana, and the West Indies. All of them are black. But if you look at the data, you don't see that all of them are equally rich or equally poor. Black British people with Nigerian origins are far better off than black British people from West Indian origins, and they're both black. So the explanation of black therefore poor, white therefore rich ignores the fact that there are a lot of circumstances beyond just the color of your skin. Another interesting example is Chinese people in America. Certain Chinese people from certain areas in China are rich Chinese Americans, where other people from poorer areas in China are poor Chinese Americans because of differences of work ethic or culture or education. So when it's a matter of success, it's not as simple, it's not black and white, if I can coin a phrase. So yeah. when yeah. we go out to debate this, have the facts crucial number one you must have the facts and the facts are out there to get the second point and this is i think the sensitive point in a university setting mm -hmm. we must acknowledge that university is there to pass you need to get your degree there's yeah. no purpose in antagonizing the people you need to teach you and mark your paper so what i would advise 
the student you, Mali, don't necessarily directly challenge the lecturer and say, you're wrong. Yeah. I think you can accomplish so much by just asking questions. And if you have the facts, you have the questions to ask. Then you can say to the lecturer, excuse me, sir, excuse me, ma'am. The data shows that black British people from Nigeria are better off than black British people from the West Indies. And the same with the Chinese example. And if you go look at, at, at the actual research, you can go look and see that in the UK, incidentally, the poorest category socioeconomically is white working class men. So if go look at the facts, go collect them, go read these things before you try to debate. But when you have the facts and you're a university student, rather ask the question, say, ma'am, sir, what do we do with this data? That seems to indicate that what you're saying is not completely the case everywhere. Be diplomatic, but you can accomplish so much by asking questions. And all you have to do is plant a little seed of doubt in some of your classmates' minds that they can think, my goodness, what I learn in this class might not be the whole truth. Let okay. me investigate it further. Tactically, that's what I think people can do in this setting. Cool. Herman, I will do that as I am the student. If I were you. to add on Herman's uh -huh. point there, is that there's mm -hmm. two themes that we've brought up here, is that what determines where you are in life or where you're heading in life is your education levels and your skills levels. Yeah. And for that particular university students, where you can look for the data is that you can either look at stats to say, you can also look at the Institute of Race Relations, which recently published, which regularly published reports and data on this specific topic. Yeah. And this, the, the, the data point that I'm constantly noticing is that the reason why we're seeing such low levels of employment levels amongst the black population is rather because of the education levels in that particular race category. And to the point where we find that only 4.5% of the original grade one cohort of uh, school children pass mathematics with a 50% uh, pass mark. A 50% pass mark enables you to go to the university. And once you get to university, you get a degree. And when you get a degree, you have a 70% uh, uh, chance of being employed in the labor market. Those levels are comparable to the United States, uh, United Kingdom, Germany. Those are highly developed markets. So the issue is then we need to look at policies which enhances education levels in the country, policies which enhances skills level in this country, such as scrapping that of minimum wages, which is a barrier to school kids, university kids, allowing themselves to get that part-time job over the weekend and learn from that job. All right, cool. Thank you so much for that, Peggy. Um, Herman, do you have anything to add? No, I, I, I think also follow Beiki Maflobo um, on, on, on Twitter. Um, there, there, there really is uh, a bunch of South African, you know, young people who are sick and tired of a mm. hundred years of race versus race. It's not about that anymore. And we can't pretend yes, it is about that anymore. If we're yeah. going to make a success of this country, as I think we can, we're going to have to look at actual solutions, and that means yeah. looking at actual problems. Actual problems, and always remember, race and racism is not the problem. 
<laughs> Guys, thank you so much um, for taking your time to join me. And to you, Mr. Anonymous, or she, Herman, I'm not defining the agenda. <laughs> um, I hope your question was answered. And um, to anyone else who has burning questions um, about their freedom, about their liberty, um, do go in the link below. Um, there's our Instagram page where you can DM us and ask whatever questions you have um, on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, you are free to do that. Thank you so much, guys. Um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day.